0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. 2020 just will not take its foot off anyone's neck. Last weekend, less than 48 hours, we lose Andre Harrell, founder of Uptown Records, and then Little Richard, the architect of rock and roll, and then Betty Wright. She may not be as well-known as Harrell and Little Richard, but nonetheless, an amazing musical influence. I know her music from my childhood, with no pain, no gain. But her musical career spans back to... 1960s? Her first big hit was in 71, singing about the heartbreak of losing her man to a clean-up woman. A clean-up woman, according to the lyrics is a woman who gets all the love we girls leave behind. The reason I know so much about her is because she picked up a man of mine. She's saying that ish at 17 like she'd been married with children and put up 11 years of her life as someone's secretary. May Betty Wright rest in peace and Little Richard. Little Richard is more my father's music, but I respect his impact. The morning he died, I was on YouTube watching videos of his performances and interviews. And there's one from probably the 80s, late 70s, based on the hair with Letterman, a young Letterman. And he's asking Little Richard about his makeup and his flamboyant clothes. And he asked him something about rock and roll, his influences, I believe. And Little Richard had to set him straight. And he was like, I I was not influenced. I influenced. And he dropped how Jimi Hendrix used to play the guitar for him. And James Brown was one of his backup singers. Otis Redding, Mick Jagger was on tour with him. The Beatles, they were on tour with Little Richard. They were the opening act. So lost a great icon of music. Not black music, not a genre of music, not just rock and roll, but of music as a whole. But of the three, Andre Harrell had perhaps the biggest impact on me. I remember being we were living in the old house, so I was under 10, but my parents had this um this long rectangle coffee table in the basement and I used to watch video jukebox and there was a song called Uptown Kicking It. I was a huge Heavy D fan. So Andre Harrell busts into this conference room, it's all white people and he was like, you know, we got this new ish, we got this new sound. This is who I am and here are my artists and Heavy D set it off and all the artists would come in. At some point in the video, they're dancing in the conference room around the table. And as a kid, I would dance around my parents' coffee table like I was in a boardroom and I was an artist on Uptown Records. Andre Harrell in that video is one of my fun childhood memories. Again, video music box, watching Father MC perform And Diddy's in the background before we knew who he was. He was just a dancer dancing his heart out. Guy. Jodeci, signed by Andre Harrell. Mary J. Blige, signed by Andre Harrell. So many artists who were the soundtrack of my tweens, teenage years, 20s, are Andre Harrell. Jesus, it's just so sad. So many of my friends that worked in the music industry in New York were friends of his. So many heartfelt tributes about what an amazing person he was. How he was always fly, always a kind word, gracious with his advice, always a smile. You can tell a lot about a person when they pass and how people mourn them and what people say about them. Because some people pass and people just say rest in peace. My condolences to his friends, to his family, to his fans. I saw Diddy's tribute. I think it was from... Clive Davis's Grammy party where Diddy was honored. He spoke from the mic to Andre Harrell and he thanked him for being his mentor. He reminded him that for the last 20 some odd years of his life, you know, his father had died when he was two and a half. And he said Andre had been like a father to him, which Diddy is human. That man has had so many ups and downs, but they've all played out like very publicly. Last week, people were in Diddy's ass about his commentary on the black vote and trying to hold it hostage from Biden. And this week, everyone's just like, let that man be. He needs a hug. That poor man between losing one of the mothers of his children just over a year ago, Kim Porter, and then now losing someone he considered a father. That's a lot. It's a lot of grief for one person to handle. And not at all to be funny, I'm going to say this, but it's a genuine concern of mine. What are we going to do about these tributes? Because this COVID-19 situation, like people can't mourn properly. Andre Harrell needs a proper tribute, as does Little Richard. Betty Wright needs at least a song or two. I'm not trying to see people sitting at home In their private studios, that's not really working for me. Like, I need a proper BET, slickly produced, the best you got to come and honor some folks. It needs to be an uptown reunion to honor Andre Harrell. Like, go clean up Aaron Hall. Get him back together with Guy, Throw them up there and sing. KC is doing really well. I saw him live. He's been keeping himself together. Let's throw Jodeci back together. Mary J. Blige is in fine touring form. We know Diddy's going to figure it out. Let Diddy produce the whole thing. I want a proper tribute to Uptown. I need a proper tribute to Little Richard, too. He's the architect of rock and roll. He needs a full separate tribute. Don't be trying to throw him with Andre Harrell. And don't be trying to mix him in with Betty Wright. He needs his own full tribute with multiple artists performing. I want a whole show. I don't want it as a part of a show. I want a specific Little Richard tribute. I don't know how we're going to get this done. I know without even calling over to BET that the good people at BET are trying to figure that out right now. Godspeed. Something must be done. I want to talk about Breonna Taylor. She is a black woman. She was a black woman, an EMT worker in Louisville, Kentucky. She's 26 years old and she was killed on March 13th, two months ago. She was asleep at home. She and her boyfriend and Three police officers with the Louisville Metro Police Department executed a no-knock search warrant at her home. They were doing a narcotics investigation. They were looking for a trap house. Instead, they found Taylor's house. They bust in. She was shot eight times. Now, despite this happening two months ago, no one was talking about it. Maybe in Kentucky, but not on a national scale until last week when her family who is suing the police department, her mother, they hired attorney Ben Crump, who's also representing the family of Ahmad Arbery, a young man who was killed in Georgia while he was minding his black business and running down the street and confronted by two degenerate white men. We'll talk about him in a second. And I'm speaking about Brianna Taylor first because her story has been overlooked. I find... It's more than coincidence that when it comes to stories of transgressions against Black people, particularly police brutality or police harassment or aggression, we tend to focus on the stories of Black men. Anytime something happens to a Black man, the whole Black community rallies together. There's hashtags and there's an image that circulates. People go out and protest and it's all hands on deck to get justice for a black man. Black men, for obvious reasons, see him as themselves. Black women see black men who are harmed. We see them as, that could be my son, that could be my brother, that could be my father, my uncle, my nephew. Black women, all hands on deck. When things happen to black women, it tends to be like a black woman's issue. Black women get upset because black women get upset and rally and, and go hard for black people. But black men tend to sit it out. And we've had this discussion before about how when it comes to discussing domestic violence or rape, it gets very mum from black men. I'm intentionally discussing Breonna Taylor and I'm discussing her before I discuss Ahmaud Arbery because she deserves equally as much attention as Ahmaud Arbery. His life was no doubt important. His black life mattered. Justice for Ahmaud matters. Breonna Taylor mattered. Her black life mattered. Justice for Breonna Taylor is equally as important as justice for Ahmad Arbery. We are multifaceted people. We can chew gum, talk, and walk at the same time. We can be invested for the justice of this black man and this black woman and still be concerned about a myriad of other things. We got time. And if we don't have time, we need to make time because her life matters. So the story with Taylor's death, um, there seems to be some discrepancy of how this went wrong. According back in March, the Louisville police held a press conference and they said officers knocked on Taylor's door several times. This is despite having a no knock warrant. They said they announced their presence as police and they were there with a search warrant. The police said no one answered the door. So they forced their way in and were immediately met by gunfire. This is what the lawsuit from the family, from the mom says. It's a lawsuit for wrongful death, excessive force, and gross negligence. The lawsuit says that Taylor and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, he's 27, they were asleep in the bedroom when police in plain clothes and unmarked vehicles arrived at their house around 1230 a.m. The three officers entered the home without knocking and without announcing themselves as police officers. Taylor and Walker heard the commotion, thought criminals were breaking in because they are not criminals. Neither one of these folks had any criminal history of drugs or violence. Like these were two straight up square people who were in love, working a nine to five, living together, having a great ball of life. As non-criminal people, what they're thinking when they hear a commotion is not police are raiding my trap house. They're thinking burglary. Walker, because he thinks it's a break-in, calls 911 for the police. Walker, notably, is licensed to carry. His gun was registered. He got one job when somebody breaks in his home. Stand his ground, defend his space, protect his woman. All the same job, three functions, one job. He let loose on who he thought were burglars. The police let loose on who they thought were drug dealers. They sprayed that house. 25 shots. A lawsuit says shots hit the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, the hallway, the bathroom, both bedrooms. Eight of those shots hit Brianna Taylor. She died. Boyfriend Walker, he was arrested. I don't think he was shot. I read several articles to see if he also got hit. He did not. That's a lucky man. But he was arrested. He was charged with assault and attempted murder on a police officer. He has actually since been released. I read that and I was like, I'm sorry, what? A black man shot a police officer, even under these like fugazi, funny style circumstances. I was like a black man in Kentucky shot a police officer and was released. A black judge let him out. The judge's name is Olu Stevens. I was like, oh, is he Nigerian? But the judge let Walker out and he put him on home custody. So police are upset that the boyfriend was let out of jail because they're like, he shot a sergeant. There must be justice for this. Like, he can't just shoot a sergeant and get away with it. Like, that's that's crazy talk to which I'm like, you ran up in the wrong house. These two people thought the police were burglars. They responded as such. You killed this woman. You want justice for the sergeant who was shot and will recover. He's going to be fine, in case you were wondering. Most of you probably weren't, but just so you know. But this woman is dead. There must be justice for this death too. You want justice for the police officer? That shit's on you. How you going to run up in somebody's house, the wrong house, cause a goddamn commotion, have people thinking their life is in danger, they respond like people whose lives are in danger, and then you turn around and tell the people, well, you wrong for shooting me. Nigga, what? You was wrong for shooting this lady. She was minding her business. She was sleep in bed. You can't mind your business any more than literally be sleep. And you ran up in her house and killed her. Now, was it intentional? Did you mean to have the wrong address? No. You got some bad information. This is a mistake that somebody has to pay for, though. You can't just kill this woman and be like, oh, my bad. You killed somebody. That's more than my bad. It's likely they're going to get a financial payout because this is a pretty big fuck up. But I feel like somebody should go to jail for that shit. Like you can't just be writing wrong warrants and running up in people's houses. You create these hostile situations and when black people respond like normal fucking people would, then you're like, they shouldn't have reacted. They should have just submitted. To what? Robbers? Random fucking white men in the street? What? The officers have been placed on administrative reassignment pending the outcome of an investigation, i.e. they still getting a check while sister girl is dead and her boyfriend's on house arrest. I just... That's fucked up. I don't know how police investigations work. Y'all can't have nobody like drive by the house and see who's going in or out. Like Y'all don't have no wire type surveillance. I know that's expensive, but is this not something that could be maybe necessary so you're not shooting up the wrong people or running up in the wrong people's houses? Because this ain't okay. Ahmaud Arbery is also not okay. Last week's podcast went up on a Thursday. I taped it Wednesday night. I think by the time the podcast was live, the two men who had shot Ahmaud had been arrested, which is what the community was calling for. And arrest is the basics. It's better than nothing, but it's not enough. One of my big questions last week was this videotape that had come out. And I was like, well, who, where did this video come from? And it turns out it was the lawyer for William Bryan. It's a man who lives in the neighborhood with the McMichaels father and son. He lives in the same neighborhood with them. So he had the video and he gave it to his attorney and his attorney released the footage. There was some speculation whether he was a participant, whether he was gathering this footage. Kind of like a traditional lynching where you see the pictures and people posing with the mutilated, burned body of someone's father, brother, son. It's still not clear on exactly why he was taping this video his lawyer went on CNN and was like, oh, we put the video out because we we wanted the truth to be at the for the public. We thought it would clear the name of the McMichaels. You thought putting out a video of a man running down the street, minding his business, his pathway being blocked and then him trying to escape and then being approached with guns and then cornered and shot and then dropping to the ground dead on camera you thought that would help your friends that's what caused the national outcry seeing that video that was the lawyer saying that the actual man who took the video he and his girlfriend had been making the the media rounds and he was like we're receiving death threats we're afraid for our lives and I should give a fuck because tell me why Like, oh, you're afraid for your life. Like, you're afraid to go to sleep at night. Like, you feel hunted. Oh, so now you know how Ahmad felt. You want a fucking cookie? I mean, thank you for sharing this information, but there are things I care far more about than, than that. The next head wrap that the new black Gerber baby I'd like, to, I'd like to see pictures of her and her head wrap. She's so cute, her little gummy teeth. I care more about her head wraps and when her little front teeth are going to come in. I care about that more than I care about this man and his fucking safety. I care about what Juanita Jordan thinks about the last dance. I care about King Tashala. Is he okay? Have you seen recent pictures of Chadwick Boseman? I won't try to diagnose the man's health. I am not a doctor. I don't know what's going on. He looks a little thin. I'd like him to have a meal, a healthy meal. I'd like to know more about this Asian White House reporter who got the who the fuck you talking to face real quick. She asked Trump some question and he was like, why don't you ask China? And she was like, there's so many stereotypes about Asian women being docile. I am yet to meet one. University of Maryland, them chicks used to dress their asses off and be mean as shit. I was like, where are y'all getting this stereotype from? I don't know no docile Asian women. This image has been floating around a sis with the, with the who the fuck you talking to face. I was like, let me find out Asian ladies be code switching too, giving you professional nine to five and giving you about that life the rest of the time. I was like, okay, sis, I see you. I give far more fuck about these things than anything to do with this man's fear. They're trying to make a really big deal in this story. The McMichael's father and son, their excuse for hunting down Ahmad was there had been robberies in the neighborhood. They thought he was the robber. The news organization went to the police and they were like, how many robberies have there been in this neighborhood? And they were like, oh, there was one since January. And that robbery was someone stealing a handgun out of the McMichael's truck that was left open, but the the burglaries they were like, nah, that's there's nothing been reported to us. No, mm-mm, not not in this neighborhood. No, so so basically you just saw a black man running, and was like, oh, he must be the one that broke into my car. This random ass black man, and they keep trying to make this big deal. There's a there's video of Ahmad going into a construction site. There's a house under construction in the neighborhood. And he went and wandered in the house and he looked around. Construction sites are interesting. One of my favorite pastimes is looking in people's open windows. In New York, I used to wander around Brooklyn Heights. You know, white people don't like curtains. But I used to be all up in the house, like looking like, oh, that's beautiful art. Oh, look at that grand piano. Oh, okay. Look at that plaster work on the ceiling. That's exciting to me. So I totally get how you walking down the street and be like, oh, let me go look at this house and see how they're going to put the bedroom over here. Okay, I see what they're doing. Okay, this is how they're laying out the space. But the video they keep showing, they're like, see, Ahmad is in the house. He has he went in the house. He didn't touch shit. He didn't take shit. He didn't wreck shit. He just went looked around and was like, ah. And then went back outside and continued his run. I was like... You keep showing me this shit. Like, what are you trying to tell me? He went into a construction site. Okay. People do that shit all the time. When they're not black, they live. There's a guy on Instagram, white guy in his 30s. He is a pastor. I wish I had saved the video. I did not. He went and got a whole TV and put it under his arm and went running for 2.23 miles in honor of a mob. He was like, my neighbors waved to me. Nobody asked like, hey, bro, like, why are you running with the TV? Like, what's that about? He's like, no one questioned him. No one stopped him. No one pulled over. No one called the police. He was like, I went and did my run and I came home. His mother was there at the house. He says, mom, were you afraid for me when I went running down the street with the, with, the, with the TV under my arm? And his mother was like, no, why would I be? Let a black man try that shit. He wouldn't have made it half a mile. They also keep telling this shit about mom that's irrelevant. They're like, yeah, seven years ago, he took a gun to a high school basketball game. Seven years ago, he was 18 and probably was in high school. Now, not to say that I condone taking a gun to a basketball game. That's not a good idea. But again, it was seven years ago. What the hell does that have to do with him running down the street in the year of our Lord 2020? Two years ago, he shoplifted. Okay. Obviously shoplifting is bad. Don't shoplift. Like I'm not going to condone that. But again, what does him shoplifting two years ago have to do with him being gunned down in the street in 2020? You keep wanting people to be perfect victims. Like you don't have to be perfect in order to live. I, I don't understand why you keep telling me this information. And they do this every single time that a black person is victimized. You ain't told me nothing about McMichael's father and son. All I know is their names. I've seen their mugshots. They look like the village idiots, but I don't know nothing about them. Meanwhile, I know what Ahmad was up to seven years ago and two years ago. He's the victim. He's not the one with the gun. He's not the one that ran up on a stranger and blocked the street. He was the killed, not the killer. And I expect because this is always what happens when white people go do some really crazy shit becomes a big news story. People go look up the white man. They want to tell me about he's fifty years old. They want to tell me he played lacrosse in junior high school. I give a fuck. He was beloved by his family. I'm sure the person he killed was too. Mm. For all the issues that the the McMichaels' father and son. They were like, oh, we saw him. He was at this construction site. He was running down the street. The man who actually owned the property, because that's how there's video. He was like, I live 90 minutes away. He was like, I, I didn't call the police. I didn't call anyone and tell them to call the police. I didn't tell anyone to to be a vigilante. I feel terrible that this whole thing has happened. He was like, even if there was a robbery of my stuff, I would have wanted the police to get involved. I wouldn't want my neighbors to go you know, hunt somebody down. He said he saw a man, Ahmad on the property he called a neighbor and was like hey is there somebody you know on the property is something going on and the neighbor was like oh yeah he did they killed him And he was like what so I look forward to seeing where this case goes they have a fourth prosecutor the first two stepped down I don't know what happened with the third one but they have a fourth prosecutor she is I'm gonna try to give her the benefit of the doubt and see where she goes she's a black republican I ain't got a lot of hope for Black Republicans, but, you know, we shall see. Joyette Holmes, she's the first Black woman to serve as a district attorney for Cobb County. The Justice Department is all up in this situation. They are, quote, assessing all of the evidence to determine whether the federal hate crime charges are appropriate. So we'll see. I'll be honest with you, I don't have high hopes, just partially, because this is America, partially as a defense mechanism. Will a black life be treated as though it mattered? I don't know. Investing in those things and then the stark reminders that your life does not matter as much as someone else's, as much as someone white in particular. Um, That hurts. That really hurts. In lighter news... So last week, I put up this podcast. I stayed up all night editing it. It goes up, and then all hell breaks loose on Thursday. Nina Thomas, she is the wife of Baltimore Ravens defensive back. She and her husband had a situation on April 13th. It didn't come to light until last week. The police were called at 3.41 a.m. in the goddamn morning about a disturbance at a, at a local home, an Airbnb, in fact. When cops arrived, they, quote, this is according to the police report, observed that a black female with a knife in her hand was chasing a shirtless black male with a pistol in his hand around a vehicle. Wife Nina had a knife and her husband had a gun and she was chasing him Around a vehicle. Wife Nina and husband Earl. Had been married for four years. On the day of their situation. Earl and Nina got into an argument. Over Earl's drinking. Nina says Earl's brother Seth. Came and picked him up. Nina. Because she about that life. Decided to check her husband's whereabouts. By logging into his Snapchat account. She found video of her husband. And another woman. She used Snapchat to track down his location to a nearby Airbnb rental home. Which I didn't know Snapchat gave up your location like that. Apparently neither did Earl. So his wife calls two of her friends. Because she's going to go to the house and confront her husband and this woman. On her way out the door, she grabs Earl's pistol, a 9 millimeter Beretta. She says it with the intention to scare him. Nina and her girls arrive at the house, at which point they find this is, quote, according to the police report, not making this up, quote, they discovered Earl and Seth naked in bed with other women. Now, the wording here makes it sound like Earl and Seth and women were all in one bed. It's not clear whether the brothers were having an orgy with women or if they were in separate beds with separate women. Not clear. But well, some fucking was happening and Nina walked in on it and her husband was one of the people fucking. That's a problem. This is when shit hits the fan. Nina pulls out her gun and puts it to Earl's head. She said she took out the magazine thinking she could not fire. Dear Nina did not know that there was a round in the chamber. Also, there's cell phone footage of this. I'm surprised that hasn't hit the internet. I would think TMZ would pay for the footage. Earl is a football player. He does have his own coin. Hmm. Fortunate for Earl, he was able to wrestle the gun away from his wife and not end up dead. Earl told the police that his wife hit him while he attempted to take her firearm away. Sir, did you add extra to the description of what your wife did when she bust in and found you fucking somebody else? I know you didn't do that, sir. I know that you are not that level of bitch assness. And I'm not condoning what his wife did, just to be clear. When I wrote about it on Facebook, people were like, you're condoning this. This is crazy. And I was like, I didn't condone it. I said, I'm not mad at her. It's like Chris Rock. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying I understand. The the extra woman who was entertaining the married men She says that one of Nina's friends was carrying a knife and swinging it aggressively during the altercation. She said Nina was running around the house, threatening to harm everybody and said, quote, I got something for all you hoes. Yo, Nina was tired. Earl has given Nina some shit and Nina was tired that day. The police ultimately arrested Nina and her two friends. Nina was booked for burglary of a residence with intent to commit aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. She was later bonded out, I believe, by her husband. So this all happens three weeks, a month ago. And TMZ gets a hold of it and they call Earl for a comment and they say, hey, you know, we about to run this story. Do you Would you like to share anything with the group? And Earl beats them to it. He goes on his social media And he says, Quote, just keep us in y'all prayers. Stuff like this happens. Does it? Earl said, We try to live the best lives we possibly can. Sometimes it doesn't go as planned. Earl, were you living your best life? TMZ released Nina's Mugshot. Cute girl, beautiful girl. She looks like somebody I went to junior high school with. She's from Louisiana. So now when I like picture her in my mind saying I got something for all you hoes, I add a baby at the end. Because, you know, I know I'm butchering the sound, but that's what it sounds like too, like, you know, non-native. I love that little accent. It's cute. But the smirk in her mugshot, it looks like completely I did it and I do that shit again. Stop fucking with me. No remorse. That mugshot is not a woman who is remorseful about going to fuck off. I'm not mad at her. Really, when I read this story, as salacious and crazy as it is, I was like, well, all heroes don't wear capes. I'm not saying what she did was right. I'll go as far to say, you know what? She should not have done it. But as someone who's snapped. I think it would be a little hypocritical for me to get on any of my platforms and start talking down Well, she shouldn't have done that and what type of woman and now what type of woman A regular ass trying to mind my business, live right, burn my incense, do my meditation, read my yanla prayers and mercies and sage and all that other stuff. Like anybody, man and woman, got it in them to snap. You push the right buttons for the right people the right way enough times or the wrong time, one good wrong time, people will snap on your ass. And that sounds exactly like what she did. My husband is out in the middle of a global pandemic, Having sex with other women. He's being so reckless as to post that shit on Snapchat. Like you just have no regard for me. I'm with you my whole goddamn life. I busted out three of your big head babies. You gonna leave me at home to go have sex with some other chick? Are you serious right now? And post that shit on the internet on top of it? Are you serious right now? Sometimes you gotta meet crazy with crazy. It's the only language some people understand. I don't know if Big Earl understands after she did that. I mean, I would think my wife putting a gun to my head would make me think twice about sleeping next to the lady. But, you know. And also, people were like, come on. She's married to an athlete. She knows how these athletes go, right? Like, you you know when your man's a hoe. To which I say, you know when your chick will pull a gun on you. That ain't the first time she gone crazy. That's the craziest she's probably gone. But that's not the first time she went crazy. He knew that woman had that in her. And he still went and did that dumb shit. I also don't know where people get this idea that like because men have a lot of money. Like, oh, he's a professional athlete. He's a celebrity. He's famous. He's got a lot of money. Like, you know, she knew what she signed up for. I know a lot of women who are married to men who have a lot of money. Or have dated men with like a lot of money. All of them don't cheat. Or all of them have not been caught cheating. Let's say that. And then the ones that have, it's not like they get caught cheating by their wives. And they they be like, well, you knew what you signed up for like they be on bended knee they be crying they be buying jewelry please don't leave me whole nine yards it's not like they be like well this is what you signed up for like deal no that's not how it goes I know women with husbands who cheat boyfriends who cheat some of them got a lot of money some of them don't but the standard refrain is like I'm never gonna do it again please don't leave me like I I'll stop I'll change I'll whatever they be begging a woman not to leave them there's never just like well you knew you knew She got to stop playing with people. In this case, I'm very glad that she didn't fuck around and try to scare him too much and and pull the the trigger on the gun. Big Earl was almost out of here. That was close. But People got to stop playing with people's feelings and emotions, people's lives. People hurt. And when I say people, for clarity, I mean men and women. Women do play with men's feelings too. It's not okay to treat people like that. It is not right to run up on people. It's not right to pull guns on people. It's not right to chase people with knives. None of that is all right. You push people over the edge and I'm not victim blaming. I just want to be really clear. I am not victim blaming. I am saying that it's not okay to be violent and fucking crazy with other people. But you got to stop fucking with people's feelings too. Because sometimes folks snap and don't even know it's happening. It's happened to me a couple times in my life. One I actually went through with. I hauled off and tried to punch somebody with with the strength of all of my ancestors, tried to punch him in the face. And thankfully he stopped me because I had no business putting my hands on him. That was the wrong thing to do. But if I had to do it over again, that flying fist felt fucking great. I felt free for the first time in a long time. Being honest with you. Not saying it's right. Not saying try that at home. Not saying you should go do it. I'm just saying it felt fucking great. Instead of trying to take the high road and be like the life coachy person and do the best thing, do the smart thing, think things through, be rational, be reasonable. No, I felt fucking great. And when I talked about this online, many women came in my DMs and they shared their own situation. A lot of women have lost it. I'm glad that in my situation, in Earl and Nina's situation, and these these women who shared their stories with me in their situations, I'm glad that no one's life ended. I'm glad that everyone was able to move on to live another day. That's not PC to say. That's not the life coach thing to say. People to like, sure I thought you were a life coach. That's irresponsible. You're supposed to be a public figure and a role model and blah, blah, blah. I also realize that sometimes shit just gets real and ugly. As it did that night. And another night. We're not going to talk about that, though. If you heard I did some wild shit? Like, that's some wild shit. I did that shit. I did. It does seem Nina and Earl have worked things out. This whole incident happened about a month ago at this point. So they've had time to cool heads and think things through, hopefully get some therapy and get the guns and the knives out the house too. Earl recently had a 31st birthday and he flashed a new diamond chain on social media that his wife had bought for him. The chain had a diamond pendant featuring Earl with his late grandfather, who Earl was very close to. It's a very thoughtful gift. You know what? They married folk. What happened was extreme, but they decided to be together. High school sweethearts, three kids. Girl, I guess. I wish them the best, but I want everyone to put the weapons away. Let's keep these shenanigans to a minimum. Let's not put any lives at risk. Let's not get arrested. I do feel bad for her friends, though, because I get it. Like, you know, your girl calls you up. You trying to be a ride or die friend. Literally, you roll up with her on her husband, catch him with other chicks. Y'all all go ham in that house. You get arrested and then she go back to that dude. I don't know if we'd be friends after that. Maybe we could stay friends. But the next time your husband act up, sis, you on your own. You call me if you need me to come pick you up and take you somewhere. Not to where he is. But if you need to get out, I'll come and get you. But I ain't rolling with you to act a fool again. Not if you going to stay with that mofo afterward. Leave me out of it. That's a lot. Speaking of working things out. Calvin and brought us, brought us. Brought us. Snoop and his wife. They married over 20 years. Everyone always says over 20 years. They never pinpoint the year Snoop and his wife got married. It's always they've been married over 20 years. 23 years, 24, 25. How many years? With your boy Snoop. I stopped calling him Uncle Snoop after he disrespected Gail. But your boy Snoop got a whole sex tape. Sir, is 48 years old out here on sex tape with a 24-year-old. Sir. The 24-year-old is a woman by the name of Selena Powell. Apparently, she is kind of like a millennial superhead. She's been with several celebrities. She has an OnlyFans page where she charges $29.25 a month for her videos. I have not seen the video of her and Snoop. I've not seen the video of her and anyone. According to her, it contains a lot of, quote, sucking and fucking. How dreadful. You got your wife of 20 plus years on the internet being shamed and defamed and judged on Mother's Day. Because you yet again can't keep your penis out of other women. And it's on tape. 48 goddamn years old, full of shenanigans and fuckery. Ain't your parts tired yet? You ain't got no types of tired. You just going to keep going and going and going and going. A sex tape at his big age, sir. So Powell, apparently, before she released the tape, had been promoting it. Snoop hopped on Instagram. This is according to Madame Noir. Snoop hopped on Instagram to publicly express his appreciation for his wife. He said, quote, thanks for the kids, loyalty, stability, and the ability to deal with me on my worst days. You are appreciated. That's all she get for putting up with your shit? How about you stop doing the dumb shit? Loyalty, stability, and the ability to deal with me on my worst days. Sir, where's your loyalty and stability? You thanking her for her loyalty and stability? Where's the reciprocity? She gonna be loyal and stable, but you not gonna be loyal and stable? How does that work? After the tape dropped, Snoop deactivated his Instagram. It's back up though. I checked it right before I started recording. His wife... On Mother's Day, or either late Saturday, she posted on her Instagram, Don't ask me for relationship advice because I took the nigga back 81 times. Her comment section turned into a shit show. I don't think I need to tell you that. Half the people were like, Girl, we've all been through it. Like, these niggas ain't shit, but you know, you're strong and you're loyal. You're a great woman, a great wife, an amazing mother. You're holding your man down, which, you know, that's a point of view. The other people were like, you sound dumb as fuck. Why do you put up with this shit? Like he's treating you like shit. You have low self-esteem, which is another point of view. There's an idea that I I always want people to like get divorced or, or break up or whatever. Um, when I used to have my Ask Demetria column, people would write in and they would tell me crazy shit. And I'd be like, no, sis, you you need to go. You asked me. You asked me what I thought and I told you what I thought. Some shit can be worked out, but people would write in with like crazy stuff. Like I remember this woman wrote in, she was like, I got into an argument with my husband. I was holding like my six month old son and my husband picked up the remote and slapped me in the face with it and almost hit my kid. I was like, ma'am, your husband is fucking crazy. Like you need to leave him. And people were like, you're going to tell a woman to leave her husband just because he hit her one time. And I was like, well, how many times do you think he should hit her? before someone tells her she should leave for someone to pick up a fucking remote and hit you in the face with it while you're holding their child they ain't got no respect for you at all not even a little bit they give no fucks you can't reason with that I'm like you want her to sit up in the house and like what talk to him they go to therapy and she still stays in the same house with a dude who slapped her in the face with a remote you comfortable sleeping in the house that motherfucker how I mean people do it but does it make sense demetria my boyfriend i love him he got this other chick pregnant he wants me to help raise his baby i'd be like leave his fucking ass he cheated when you run up raw and some other chick got her pregnant you must stay i mean people do it all the time does it make sense for them i guess for you you asked me what i thought no why would you put up with that shit why Because you love him does he love you maybe feelings are great actions are better but I'd be like, no, leave. People are like, Demetria, you're going to tell that woman to leave her man just because he got some other chick pregnant? If that ain't a red flag, what is? Folks got real interesting ideas of, of what constitutes an excuse for leaving. Me, I just think you don't want to be there no more. You unhappy as fuck, you can go. You really don't need to justify it to anybody but yourself. But apparently, you know, the bar is a lot higher for other people. Some people, cheating is not a deal breaker snoop's wife she was like i took him back 81 times i'd like to hope that that's an exaggerated number but with snoop i just it's not like it's the first time he's been caught cheating i mean publicly at that they've been together since high school she was with him before he was famous I mean, about a decade ago i want to say they almost got divorced then they had a renewal ceremony snoop was going to leave i think he actually filed for divorce and then charlie wilson got involved and was like no no That's not what a man does. You figure out. You keep your family. And so he figured it out and was like, oh, no, we in this. I'm going to be a better man. And then here we are with this sex tape. So I have no judgment for her. There is no easy answer for a woman when your man is cheating or your man is fucking up. Staying is hard. Leaving is hard. I was in a bad marriage. I tried to stay. That was hard as shit. Like I was depressed. Went to kill myself on my 38th birthday. That was the time I really like seriously like was plotting it out in my head. Like go to the kitchen and there are the pills and blah, blah, blah. But I'd been thinking about it like nearly nonstop for about uh, six to nine months before that. Had, um, what is it called? Not sciatica. I got that later also from stress. I was during a divorce. What is it when you have chicken pox? Starts with an S. Shingles. Had shingles from stress. Went to the doctor and he was like, I could run a bunch of tests. I could tell you what it is right now. And I was like, Oh, well, please, doctor, tell me what it is. He was like, You have shingles. He was like, Do you have a compromised immune system? And I was like, I don't. I recently had an HIV test. Like, I'm straight. And he was like, Okay, is anything else wrong? And I was like, Not to my knowledge. Like, I'm pretty healthy. And he was like, oh, okay. Well, then it's probably stress because that's the only way you really get shingles if you're under the age of like 65. Are you stressed, ma'am? And I was like, Doc, you have no idea. But I sat up there with shingles and I sat up there with depression and I sat up there being suicidal, trying to convince myself that, you know, you got to be loyal and you got to take this and you've got to work it out and you've got to, you got to, you got to. And then I was like, at the point I'm sitting up here, like, you got to die. I'm like, shit, are you serious right now? And then I remember even when I left and I was like, all right, well, there's a Hail Mary chance. Like, I'm sitting up here wanting to die. Why don't I just go and try to live? I'm scared about whatever's going to happen next if I go, because like, this is the devil, you know, what's the devil? I don't know. Like, I think this life is bad. I think I deserve better. I think I can do better. But what if I leave and this shit is worse? And I remember like packing up my shit, listening to gospel music. And I remember thinking to myself, like, well, look, if you leave and it's worse, you can still kill yourself. You're just not going to do it today. Do you understand how fucked up you got to be to think that way? And then when I left, it was terrible. It was bad. It was pure shit. It took two years to go for a fucking divorce. Nonstop stress. Everything in my life that I fucking value, anything at all was in jeopardy. Had to leave my apartment that I loved, I lived in for 17 years, I had to leave, because I was like, "I, you want to fight me over the apartment, like, we don't even own this shit, you want the cheap apartment in the city, fine, take it, I'll find something else, I'll figure it out, love New York, like, as a whole person, still love New York, still miss New York, there's a hole in my heart from leaving New York, especially how I left, money's in jeopardy, because we're going through divorce, you threatening to sue me for everything, career's in jeopardy, because you're trying to put a gag order on, like, Everything, not just our relationship, but everything that's happened for the last 10 years that I knew you, whether you were involved or not, you don't want me to talk about it. I agreed to sign the shit. And then he was like, nope, change to something else. And I was like, oh, you don't care about the gag order. You just want control. Okay. Going back and forth to New York every other month for court. Sometimes you show up. Sometimes you don't. Like shit show. Nonstop. Two years. Ended up with sciatica. I thought I got sciatica from trying to climb a mountain in Bali or because I sat too long on the plane. And then when I finally went to the chiropractor, she was like, yeah. So just looking at everything like, you know, you just stress the fuck out. What? But my logic staying, there was no hope. Hope had run out. The, the, the hope fucks. The factory was closed. Shut down. Set on fire. Arson. There was no hope left. If I could leave, there was possibly something. It took two years to to feel stable again. Like I had moved cross country Literally, I have moved to the other side of the country to put distance between me and that situation. I didn't feel normal again until January of this year. Crazy. So when people be like, oh, it takes so much strength to stay and fight and blah, blah, blah. It does. It takes a lot of strength to go too. There's, again, no easy way to deal with a dysfunctional situation. It takes a lot of strength takes a lot of stress one way or another so I wish Mrs. Snoop I wish her the best whatever she feels is best for her however she finds peace I want that for her that's that I've been getting a lot of unique phone calls I would say people I haven't heard from in years I'm just like, you're calling me because this guy I used to hang out with my sophomore year of college. Really nice guy. Nothing ever happened. I never so much just kissed him. He's been able to find me on Facebook for the last 22 years, I think. He's been reaching out. He's reached out multiple times like, hey, you know, just thinking about you. Hope all is well. And I was like, "Oh, it's great to hear from you. Like, oh, life—you know, life seems to have treated you well. Like, good for you." And I just, you know, thought that was that was the last time. And then, like a week later, he was like, "Hey, how's it going?" And I was like, "Oh, you want to have chat and conversation? Oh, I mm, we know our feelings. I just nothing to talk about. Mm, okay, and I don't know what he was. We dated." we were never in a relationship. We've always had like this sort of dysfunctional sort of thing before I was married. And then like after, um, you know, maybe like, what's it? Like two weeks after I left, he was like, Hey, heard you moved from New York. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And he was like, "Oh, okay, well, can I come see you? And I was like, sir, like I'm fucked up right now. I can't, I can't see you. I can't entertain you. And he was like, why not? <laughs> what? He also offered to pay for my divorce. I was like, this is not, no, no. But he calls me like once a week now just to catch up, chat. And I was like, oh, some mofos is lonely in quarantine. And I'm sure I'm not the only person he's calling. Maybe I'm part of the rotation, but I was like, really? How did I get added in here? We used to talk like once a year. Now I'm hearing from you once a week? What's going on? A business colleague. I don't think he was flirting, I think he was just, it was just random. You know, men are not able to get haircuts right now. He, he posted some picture and I was like, oh, like your beard looks nice. So he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't like my beard. It has too much gray. He was like, I'm trying to look like one of them half-naked thirst traps that you post on your page. Um, I'm sorry, excuse me, what? (laughs) He doesn't ever comment. So I just, I thought that maybe he just, he didn't see the thirst traps. And he was like, no, I see the thirst traps. He's like, I'm trying to be a thirst trap. When I'm in the gym, I be thinking about that. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to be on D's page. I was like, "What?" You're a respectable businessman. You are known and awarded and honored in the professional community. You can't be a thirst trap on my page, sir. I'm kind of trifling though, because I did. I was like, well, look, you know, when you feel you're ready, you know, you just go ahead and send some pics over. I I, I too am quarantined. I feel like some men are losing their minds. Does the quarantine shit top the non-quarantine shit? Is this just a continuation of men being crazy or have men gone crazier? I used to do these events called Cocktails with Bell all over the country. One of them I did downtown DC and it was an intimate one because sometimes they'd be like four or 500 people. And this one was maybe like 60 people, maybe 70. I did my spiel about uh, my book, Don't Waste Your Pretty, I think I was promoting at the time, which was Dating and Relationship Advice Guide. And then I would take dating and relationship questions, like a free life coaching session for you know showing up to this event. So this woman stands up and she says, I don't have a question. I have a story. I'd like to warned women about something that happened to me. So I was like, well, sure, sis, you know, it's a sister circle, share with the group. She met this guy, they exchanged numbers, they chat on the phone a little bit. She was like, yeah, he was cute, he's all right, I'm not like super interested. She felt that he could sense that she was losing interest. So he sends her a dick pic. And so she was like, it was a beautiful dick. And so she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm interested. And they agreed to meet up because they'd like to do the things together that grown people like to do. One thing leads to another and his penis comes out and she was like, mm-mm, 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 that's not the dick from the pic. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, of course it's the dick from the pic. Like, what are you accusing me of? And she was like, mm-mm, you sent me a picture of your dick and this is not, this is not that. Whose dick was that? So he was like, yo, you sound crazy. And so she was like, well, what are you about to do? And so she was like, I'm about to leave because I'm not interested in what's before me. I wanted what was in the picture. This is false advertising, sir. So she gets to wherever she goes and she tells her friend and she was like, girl, This is the thing that happened to me. And she was like, I feel like I got cockfished. Like I showed up expecting one dick and there was another dick. What the fuck? The friend searches the image in Google Images and she finds the picture on some porn site. This man had gone on the internet and was sending out someone else's dick as his own. Cockfishing. You know how desperate you got to be to meet women to go steal a picture of another man's penis and send it out like it's your own? That's nuts. Do the quarantine stories top this? I didn't talk about it last week. So there was a gentleman. He got a law degree. He posted a picture of himself in his cap and gown. And his caption is all about how he has become this elite black man because now he has a J.D., So he goes on this rant about how basically black men are degenerate. He was like, there's XYZ number of black men in jail. And then this amount of black men has baby mama drama. And this amount of black men doesn't have degrees. And this amount of black men doesn't earn XYZ. And because I, you know, defy all these statistics, I am an elite black man. And now I'm the prize that women are going to fight over. Which I was like, one, Whoever raised you did a fucking number on you, dude, to think that you got to have a JD to be a prize. Like you're a prize because you are a prize. You're a prize because you exist. You didn't have to earn a JD to be that. Like if you wanted to be the shit, you could have just decided I am the shit. Plenty of dudes do it every day and have no JD, no job, no house. they be living on a grandmama's couch and still be like, I am the shit. I am somebody. I'm not saying I agree, but I'm saying they, they have self-esteem. They have confidence. They have audacity. Sir could have had some too. But somewhere along the way, someone told him that his worth was defined by his degrees. And then he put that shit on the internet and proceeded to get roasted the fuck out of. I haven't seen somebody roasted like that since Tyrese's heyday when he used to be saying all that dumb shit about black women. They went in on his ass. And I was like, really, bruh? Really? If you really wanted to snot, you could have just posted a picture of you in your fancy JD cap and gown and put class of 2020 like the people who wanted to notice would have noticed that whole rant about like oh now I'm a prize to black women like nobody with any self-esteem is putting up with that shit all the low self-esteem pick me type women that were impressed by that you could have pulled them with a GED bruh just FYI I saw a post yesterday a woman named Mika I don't know Mika but I feel like if I had a cookout I would invite Mika so this woman was on Facebook she was minding her business and a man slid into her DMs and he sent her a picture of his bank statement screenshot on a boost mobile phone and he had approximately $330 in his checking account and he had $4,000 in his savings account so Mika was confused about why he had sent this information to her and she said good sir why have you sent me your bank statement? He said, I don't know. Answer my question though. And so she's like, no, 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 you, you answer my question. And he was like, quote, because you need to see how much I got so you can act appropriately. By the time I'd seen this exchange, Mika had posted it, I think it had been up for like a day or so and it had already gone viral. Like the JD dude who was trying to flex all kinds of wrong, people had already begun to rip this young man a new one as well. I saw it and I was like, I really want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I really want him to just have whack game and present his bank account like, you know, I don't have much to offer, but I have heart. I wanted to think that that's where he was coming from, that he wanted to manage her expectations as opposed to trying to flex. I'm not the type of person who makes fun of the amount of money that people earn or the amount of money that people save. I have been flush. I have been broke. That's just not my style. If you got it, awesome. If you don't got it, still awesome. But what you can't do is try to flex when you ain't really got it. Best to just be humble, as Kendrick Lamar would say. But sir, it does appear, was trying to flex with his four G's. And people let him know. They were like, sir, I could wipe out your life savings with the Louis bag. Or this was my financial situation when I was 21. It was very unfortunate. And I was like, a lot of men just don't understand the basics of how to approach women. Hundreds of responses across my social media platform. I want to say like maybe five women were like, well, you know, maybe he was trying. Like, trying. The rest of the women were like, what is this shit? Act appropriately. I was like, do you realize that men with like real, like, like long money, long change, can't be bested change. Like Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is not running around dropping screenshots of his bank account to women. Jeff Bezos, and he shouldn't have been saying this to his mistress. He should have been saying these things to his wife. But when Jeff Bezos was getting ready to leave, he was texting his mistress a lot of shit. And he was talking that big talk. Jeff Bezos is back up to like $100 billion. The money his wife took last year, he's earned that back already. He's good. I think we talked about this in like a really early episode of Ratchet and Respectable. Because I was like, we're going to cover everybody because black people ain't the only ratchet people. Sir's text messages to his mistress leaked. This is with Jeff Bezos, who could really stunt hard with his bank account. Jeff Bezos was telling his mistress, he says, quote, I want to smell you. I want to breathe you in. I want to hold you tight. I want to kiss your lips. I love you. I am in love with you. Another time he tells his mistress, I want to get a little drunk with you tonight. Not falling down, just a little drunk. I want to talk to you and plan with you. I want to listen and laugh. $100 billion. Jeff Bezos was pushing up hard. Trying to paint a picture of what life could be if they were together. I ain't saying the person he was speaking to was right. I'm saying his approach was to the wrong person, but it was the right way. I want to get a little drunk with you. Translation. I want to do filthy things with you that we going to remember in the morning. I don't want to. I don't want you to feel like you've been taken advantage of. I just want. I just want us to be a little more uninhibited than usual. I want to get a little drunk with you. Ooh-wee. Talk that shit, Jeff Bezos. Should have been talking to your wife, but still, he's talking your shit with a hundred billion in the bank. Meanwhile, four thousand air over here. trying to stunt, him. sir. If you are a man and you are listening, if you are a woman and you are listening, if you were trying to holler at women and you are listening, hello, pay a compliment, ask a question. You saw something on their page you thought was interesting. I saw you wrote about, blah, blah, blah. I saw you read, I saw you were talking about. I was thinking, I read this article, I saw this article, I thought it might be something you were interested in. These shenanigans, writing captions on the internet, doing the fucking most, you ain't got to do all that. You ain't got to date no snapshot of your bank account. You can be broke and still pull women, good women. Have some conversation, have a good heart. There are women who are only interested in money. There are, but a lot of women just want like a good dude. I used to edit romance novels for years and years and years. Black women's romance novels first and then white women's romance novels. White women always want billionaires who are CEOs of companies and kind of controlling and tell them what to do. This is what their fantasy is. Black women's romance novels, the most basic shit ever. Don't be a misogynist. Treat me like an equal. You can just have like a regular nine to five, a nice job, consistent work. Treat the woman nice. Have some conversation. Be consistent. Not be a hoe. Communicate. And I was like, wow, this is the shit black women fantasize about. Like we ain't even fantasizing about billionaires. We just fantasizing about dudes that don't talk to us crazy and don't be community dick. So that's that. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I enjoyed taping it. I don't think I'm going to talk about Corona anymore. I think that drains my fucking energy. Until we meet again next week, take care of yourselves and those around you. Didn't Donnie Simpson sign off in his show with that line? That's not a bad line to borrow. He's a very successful radio DJ. It's also fine. Still fine. But that's a whole nother story. Moving along. Thank you for listening. As always, if you would like some ratchet and respectable in your life during the week, you can follow me on social media. I've been posting on all my pages at Demetria L. Lucas. We'll talk again soon. Yeah. Okay. Bye.